I wasn't quite ready. I had to run up here. Uh, well, here we are, guys. Thank you, Jesus, for the rain, right? <laughs> Perfect weather for lunch Sunday. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys for braving the weather and coming out here. Um, I want to invite my wife up here. Katie, where are you at? Where are you at? Get up here. Come on, give a round of applause for my wife, Katie. So for any of you who don't know us, my name is Neil. This is my wife, Katie. And uh, we are the pastors here at One Church, and uh, we're so excited to be here. Uh, it's been a journey to get to this place. Uh, I remember years ago when I was praying in a kid's room in Denver, Colorado, actually, uh, having some time with the Lord when God dropped the vision for One Church in my heart. Uh, and it came out of John 17, verses 22 and 23. It says, Jesus, this is Jesus' prayer. So right before he goes to the cross, he's having an intimate moment with the Father God. And it's just him and the Lord. And his disciples get to witness this prayer and listen to the heart of Jesus. In verse 22, he says, I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. So not just unity with the Father, but unity with one another. And he says, then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So when we are one with the Father in relationship and we are one with each other, then the world will know that God sent Jesus. He said, they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. And that's our aim. That's our goal. That's our vision to be one family united with God pointing people to Jesus right there. Yes. And so it's on our shirts, on the websites, everywhere. So um, that's our heart and, and we're here today. And this is our first day as one church, super excited about that. So what we want to do is we want to just commission this moment. So if I can invite our elders up to the front, come on, you elders. <laughs> come on, let's give our elders a round of applause while they get up here. And, uh, and so what I want to do is I just want to take a moment to, to have them pray a blessing over us and over this new season as we step into it as a church. So would you guys join us as we pray? Uh, let's see, do we have our other mic? Oh, you got it. Look at Kevin is prepared. All right, can you lead us in prayer, Kevin? Yeah. So quickly, I'm going to ask you to stand. We're going to do it in a particular way. If you have not come to this church until after... Neil and Katie, so the last year, or today is your first time, could you please stand? So family of these guys, friends of these guys, first time visiting yeah. today. All right. Okay. Now, if you've been here any time in the past 10 years, so your first time coming was less than 10 years ago, could you please stand? All right, well. than 10 years. Could you please stand with us? Hey. 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 Yeah. All right. So I just want to take a moment to kind of think about the time of this ministry and that while today is a new day, we are fortunate to be able to look back 
and see a strong ministry that has loved and served mm. God in this community for years. Mm. And the best part is there's years to come. Yes. Let's pray. Dear Father, we are so grateful that you love us, that you are here with us, that anywhere we move, you surround us. Lord, this is your church, not ours. Lord, these are your pastors, not just ours. Lord, we ask that you would bless Neil and Katie and their family and John and his family and Tyler and his family and all of those people who are elders, who are admin members, who are volunteers, who love our children and teach or protect them in the back, who minister on Wednesdays. Lord, all these people give their time because they love you and they love your people. Lord, this is our vision. Yes. Lord, that you would bring us into this community Lord, today, tomorrow, and for years to come. Lord, that we will be vital to this community. Lord, that you would live and move among us. That we would be your hands and feet. That we would hug who needs a hug. That we would walk into the homes of those who need to know about you. And we would bring them into this community here. Lord, we are so grateful for all that you have given us. For all that is to come. Lord, we pray that you would bless this new ministry. With a new vision with new goals, Lord, that we will be unified in you. That as we get closer to you, we get closer to each other. Lord, we are amazed at your love. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yes, and all God's people said, <laughs> amen. 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 Thank you. Exciting times. You guys ready to get into the Word of God this morning? All right. All right. Uh, well, maybe you guys have had a similar experience as me when it comes to technology. Anybody ever have any technical difficulties in your life? <laughs> Come on, every hand should be raised. If your hand isn't raised, I want to know who you are. I want to pick your brain. We've all had technical difficulties, right? Because there's technology everywhere. I'm using it right now up here, you know, mics, audio, it's everywhere. And there's always moments where our tech doesn't do what it says it's supposed to do, right? And so maybe you've had this experience where you've been maybe downloading something on your computer. It's probably photos or videos because we have 20,000 photos and videos on our phones that we'll probably never see again. Um, but... We're downloading them, and, then, and you're doing all this different stuff, and then your computer freezes, right? And if you have a Mac, it's the spinning circle of death. And you're like, no! And you're right in the middle. You've been downloading for like an hour or something, and you're like, oh, I don't want to turn it off and start it on because then I'll lose all of my progress, and I don't know what to do. And you look it up on your phone. You're trying to do everything that it tells you to do, and you've done all the right things. And you're like, I've done everything. I did, I did step one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and it's still not working, and you're pushing the button, and it's not happening, and you work on it for hours, and the, the tech is just not cooperating. And then so finally you tell your spouse or maybe it's a friend. You're like, man, I've been working on this for eight hours. I can't get it to work. It's ridiculous. I can't believe it. I tried customer service. They don't know what they're doing. This is so, I'm just so angry. And then your spouse or your friend says, well, do you mind if I take a look at it? And you're like, oh, I mean, be my guest. Not like you're going to do anything. I've already tried everything, but, you know, sure, sure, you know. And then they sit down and they hit the refresh button and then everything works. 
And you're like, and what you should say in that moment is, thank you so much. I mean, I've been working on this for so long, and man, I am so, I am relieved now. I am at peace because this has been accomplished. But instead, what we think in our mind and many times say out loud is, I hate you. Because <laughs> I worked on this. I pushed that button. I pushed refresh. I did it. That's the first thing I did, and it didn't work. And then you come over here, and you push it, and it works for you. Right? But you got, we've all had those experiences. And I think the same thing happens many times in our lives where we have so many windows open, so many programs running in our life, so many things that are on our plate, so many tasks that we have to complete, so many responsibilities and weights that we carry that we get to a point in our life where we're buffering, we're frozen. And it seems like the only thing that we can do is keep spinning plates. And we can't seem to break out. How do we get out of this? How do we break out of this frozen state? And then this guy comes along, a friend of ours named Jesus. And he does something that we can't do. He hits the refresh button. And no matter how chaotic our life is, no matter what storm that we might find ourselves in, literally or figuratively, Jesus finds a way to refresh. He comes in and he is able in a moment to suddenly make everything work. And all that was backed up in our hearts, all that was in process, all that we are trying to fight through suddenly in a moment because of the presence of God and because of the grace of Jesus. Smooth. Now everything still might be crazy out here, but here, somehow we have a peace that doesn't make sense. Amen? That's what Jesus can do. So the title of my message this morning is Hit Refresh. Hit refresh. Let's pray over the word. Lord Jesus, we ask God that you will speak to us this morning. Father, I pray that anything that I say that comes from me will fall to the ground and, and come to nothing. Lord, but if it's from you, Lord, that it will be a seed planted in good ground. Lord, God, I'll bear fruit in our lives, Jesus. Lord, God, we want to encounter you, to live for you, to know you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? Amen. 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 So you guys know in the world that we live today, there is so many things that are vying for our attention, right? I mean, literally, our, our whole world is a walking advertisement. Everything is advertising something, right? And they want our time. They want our money. They want our talents. They want they to they feed on our ambition or our passion or whatever it is. And so everything's being presented to us constantly, this constant stream of advertisement. And if that wasn't enough, we have the other responsibilities of our life, the normal crazy of life, of working a job, and maybe you have to work overtime, and then you're trying to raise a family, and you're trying to be married, and you're trying to have kids or raise kids or, or, or maintain good friendships, and all of this starts building up on our plates. And then not to mention the fact that we're trying to stay devoted and connected to Jesus, and we're trying to stay devoted and, and often relationships with other believers where we can share life together and experience the glory of God. And so all of these different things build up. So how do we navigate 
the chaos? How do we, how do we make it through this craziness of our world? And a lot of times what the world will tell you is just keep going. Just keep clicking the button over and over again. Just keep doing it. Keep spinning the plate. That's all you can do. Because if you stop, things are going to fall. Things are going to fall apart. And the world's going to fall apart. And so just keep going on over and over and over again and expect different results. But that's not what we see in Jesus. Jesus actually invites us into a different life. He invites us into a fresh start apart, away from the chaos. Look at this in in Matthew 11, verse 28 in the message. Translation says this, are you tired? And everybody said, amen. (laughs) All right, it's speaking to all of us already. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Look at what Jesus says. Says you're burned out on religion? Okay, come to me. It's not religious practice. Know me. It says come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Man, what a great promise. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Woo! Doesn't that sound good? Oh my goodness, freely, lightly, unforced rhythms of grace, recover our life. Man, this sounds Wonderful. It sounds like a dream, vacation, right? It's like going to Jamaica or something on a beach, the pina colada or something like that. You know, I don't know. Take a real rest. So he's saying all this stuff, but what do you notice over and over again? Me. Come to me. Get away with me. Walk with me. Work with me. Keep company with me. It's Jesus. Man, it sounds wonderful. But Jesus actually exemplified this life. He lived it. So it's possible. It's not a pipe dream. He lived this life. Now, his life was crazy. There was some crazy stuff going on in Jesus' life. People were trying to kill him, like on a regular basis. They are either trying to kill him or crown him. They were trying to force him to be their king, which is an interesting thing to happen. Or they were trying to kill the dude. So he was under a lot of pressure. Chaos ensued all around his life, but yet somehow it didn't touch him. Somehow he maintained this constant state of peace with God. How? How is that possible? Well, let's look at an example of his life. And this is a beautiful picture of this reality Jesus lived in. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. They were crossing the Sea of Galilee on boat. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that was nearly swamped. So this is a bad storm. If the boat's going to sink, it's bad. (laughs) So the waves are crashing over the boat. There's a squall, there's wind. The boat is nearly swamped. 
And then it says in verse 38, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. Just picture that. He's asleep in the middle of the storm that's going to capsize his boat. And he's sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified (laughs) and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So there's some observations that we see here. Look at the condition of Jesus. Okay? It says he's sleeping on a cushion. When I think sleeping on a cushion, I think of the sleep number commercials. Have you guys seen the sleep number commercials? Right? And and they do this. (sighs) And I don't know very many people that sleep like this. Is there people that sleep like this? I don't know. But they sleep like this, and they're so relaxed. And Jesus was sleeping on a cushion. It's the picture of serenity, right? It it sounds like the the life that he invited us into, living freely and lightly, right? Unforced rhythms of grace. He's just sleeping on a cushion. And then look, that's his condition. Look at his context, though. Look at his surroundings, Waves crashing over the boat, a squall of wind. The boat is almost capsized. Insane storm all around him. Chaos everywhere you look. So Jesus' condition was serenity and peace and comfort and rest. And his context was complete chaos. Jesus didn't allow his context to determine his condition. He didn't allow what was happening around him to determine what was in him. No matter how crazy it got, somehow it couldn't touch him. Couldn't touch his heart. He was still at peace. But then you look at the condition of the disciples. (laughs) Different. (laughs) They go to Jesus and they wake him up. And they start by saying, Lord, save us, Matthew 8. Save us, Jesus. They're not in a very calm state. (laughs) They're crying out. They're yelling at him, at Jesus to save them. And then they move to shaming him. And they say, don't you care if we drowned? So they're crying out for him to save him. They're, They're shaming him saying, please, don't, don't you love us? Don't you even care about us? And so this is all happening. And you notice their condition was chaos. It aligned with their context, right? They were in the midst of it, and so that's what was in them. They took in what was around them and said, this is what my reality is. But yet Jesus had a different experience. He was in the same context but it didn't touch him like it touched them. Look at what happens with Jesus. It says, then Jesus gets up. He rebukes the wind and the waves. So he didn't deny that they were there. He wasn't in denial. He wasn't like, oh, there is no waves. (laughs) He wasn't doing that. 
he, yeah, he acknowledged, yeah, there, there are waves. It's a little crazy out here. Mm-hmm. And then he rebukes the wind and the waves. He speaks to them, quiet, be still. And it was completely calm. And we see this is, this is the power of Jesus. <laughs> this is what he can do. He can calm any storm, no matter how crazy it is, external or internal. Unrest. He can speak peace to it. But what's amazing about this is the condition of his heart ultimately formed his context. In the end, what was on the inside defined what was on the outside. He didn't take it the other way around. He let what was in him flow out of him and change his context. And that's true for us as well. There's the, we have the grace of God and the spirit of God in us to where our inner attitude, if we maintain connection, just like that verse said in Matthew 11, with him, with him, with him, with him, we stay connected with him. And over time, our context starts to take on the form of our internal reality. It changes. And then even if it doesn't, even if things remain crazy, they can't touch us. Because of the grace of God and the peace of God in us. So we can either react in alignment with the, our context, react to it. Right? And every, we all feel our own feelings first. And that's what everyone does. So when things are crazy, we're going to feel our feelings. It's, that's normal. So we're going to have our feelings. They're going to come up. It's not like we're just, we're not going to feel stressed or worried at all. Like things happen and that's the first thing that hits us. But then we have a choice. We can remain, we can continue to react on our emotions, on how we feel in the moment, on what's happening, what we see and align with our context and let what's happening on the outside come on the inside or we can respond in alignment with the Spirit of God, with what God is saying, with our reality of who we are and who we belong to. Because when our hope is in God, that transcends anything that can happen in this world because it can't touch him. Amen? It can't touch him. So Jesus actually tells us to do this in John 14, 27. He says, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Wow, Jesus, thanks. That's easy. You know, do not let your hearts be troubled. That means that he's alluding to the fact that we have a choice. We have a choice whether or not our hearts are troubled. He says, don't let them. Do not be afraid. We have a choice of whether or not we operate in fear. He says, do not let. Don't be afraid. So how do we do that? John, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8 says this. God's message says, cursed is the strong one who depends on mere humans. Or another translation says, cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, who thinks he can make it on muscle alone. And sets God aside as dead weight. He's like a tumbleweed on the prairie. Out of touch with the good earth. He lives rootless and aimless in a land 
where nothing grows. So when we put our faith in ourselves and our ability and our strength to weather the storm, to spin the plates, to hit refresh, to get out of the buffering zone, it doesn't work. And I, I'm sure everyone in here can testify to that. Where we've tried and it didn't work. But look at what it says. But blessed is the man who trusts me, God. The woman who sticks with God. They'll, they're like trees replanted in Eden, putting down roots near the rivers. Never a worry through the hottest of summers. Never dropping a leaf. Serene and calm through droughts bearing fresh fruit every season. Wow, that sounds like that life that is free and light, doesn't it? Look at that. Never a worry through the hottest summers, serene and calm through droughts, bearing fresh fruit in every season. Listen, Jesus doesn't leave us to fend for ourselves. He gives us the tools that we need to overcome. In John 14, 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace. I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Then he says, do not let your hearts be troubled because I've given you my peace. Supernatural. It's available to you. But it all comes down ultimately to where does our trust lie? What do we trust? What are we trusting in? When the storm comes, when we're spinning the plates, when the thing's happening, when we have the circle of death, when all that stuff is happening, what do we do? We feel our feelings, understand that, but then where do we put our trust? Do we say, all right, I got to figure this out. I'm going to take this on. I'm going to take ownership of this, and I'm going to solve the problem. Do we do that, or do we realize this is too big for me? I need help. I need that guy who can come in. And just hit refresh. I need him. Where is our trust? Are we going to put it in our strength, our plans, our ambition, our abilities? Or do we humble ourselves and ask for help? That's the one thing every human being doesn't want to do, right? Nobody wants to ask for help. Nobody wants to do that. And yet, that's the very thing that God says, that's what I want you to do. <laughs> I want you to ask me. He's a gentleman. He's not going to just jump in. We have to invite him. All right, God, I'm letting go. So God invites us to let go of our pride, control, and to receive his grace and help. Trust him rather than trusting ourselves. So what does that look like? I want to close with this. What does it look like to trust God? Isaiah 26.3 says that you will keep him in perfect peace who trusts in you because his mind is fixed upon you. His mind is fixed upon you. So whether it's our family, our relationships, our marriage, parenting, our finances, our work. Is our mind fixed? Have we invited Jesus into that place? Saying, God, I'm inviting you in. 
I'm inviting you in. I'm letting go of control in this area, in this area, in this area. I'm inviting you in. He will keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed upon him because he trusts in him. And then the word of God makes it clear. Cast your cares upon the Lord for what? He cares for you. So two things, simple things. I know it sounds simple. How do we trust? Cast your cares, keep your focus. Cast your cares. So as soon as you feel that weight, as soon as you start to take ownership of that problem, as soon as that storm starts drawing at your heart and you're tempted to let what's happening around you define what's happening in you, as soon as that begins to happen, you wait, you stop, and you say, wait, no. No, God, I cast this care. I can't do this. I can't overcome it, but you can. And so, Lord give this to you. I relinquish this to you, Father. I am not going to take ownership. I'm going to give it to you, and then I'm going to be obedient to what you tell me to do. Cast our cares, and then we keep our focus. Don't look at the waves. Don't look at the wind. Don't look at that spinning wheel. Don't look at all the windows that are open. Remember, one who is with you, who sees you, who knows you, who's for you, who loves you. Keep our eyes fixed. We keep our eyes on him, whether it's in worship, prayer, inviting him in, whatever it is. And the storms can't touch us. Amen. So maybe you're in here today and you feel that. You're in a place in your life where you feel like there's a lot of spinning plates. There's a lot of different programs running. There's a lot of windows open. There's a lot of things happening. It's building up to where it feels like you just, you're just in this cycle and you can't break out of that cycle. Jesus wants to come in and he wants to do what only he can do, hit refresh. And he's able to do it. Peter, when he was preaching the gospel on the day of Pentecost, he says, repent turn to God and he says, so that times of refreshing may come in the presence of the Lord. Man, that sounds good. Times of refreshing. So Jesus is inviting you into one of those moments. A time of refreshing. So would you mind just closing your eyes, bowing your heads with me. I just want you to ask the Lord, God, what are you saying to me? What are you speaking to me, God? It might be something completely different, something that doesn't even apply to what we're talking about. What is God saying to you, Father? What are you speaking to me? there's a care that you have, a worry, a concern, something that's been on your mind, something you've been wrestling with, a weight that you've been carrying and it feels heavy and you're tired and you're worn out and you're ready to let go of that weight. Jesus is here to take that off of you. To recover your life so you can live freely and 
there's so many things that are distracting you and keeping your focus away from Jesus. Jesus is inviting you to just turn your attention to him. And it's amazing how as soon as we do that, he meets us where we're at. He doesn't ask us to come to him. He comes to us and meets us as soon as we turn our gaze. Maybe you're here today and you've, you've never made a decision to really give up your life to Jesus. You've thought about it, you've been in church, you've, you've heard about Jesus, but you've never really said, all right, God, I'm letting go. This is it. I'm done. I'm tired of holding on to this. I'm tired of carrying ownership of this life. God, I just want to surrender it all to you. I want to give it up once and for all. I want to choose to follow you. And you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus gave up everything so that we could have a relationship with Father. He took our sin upon himself, died, was crucified on the cross, and while on the cross, cried out to God, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. And then three days later, he rose from the grave and defeated death, and now we can know God. So if you're in here and you say, man, I want to make a decision, and I want to once and for all surrender and give my life to Jesus. I want to follow him. I want to give you an opportunity here in just a few seconds. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say yes to God and to raise up your hand. But maybe you're here and you've made that decision, but it's been a long time coming. You feel like you've fallen away from the Lord, and this is your moment for a fresh start, to come back to Him and to reconcile with the Father. If you're either one of those people, maybe you're coming back to God or you're saying, I want to make a decision to follow Jesus. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, if you're in here and you say you want to make that decision today, I just want you to raise up your hand and then put it right back down. If you say, I want to make the decision to follow Jesus, I see that. And once you raise it up, you can put it down. Say, I'm making the decision today. You want to come back to him. You feel Jesus saying, yes, come to me. But this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray together this prayer. I just want all of us to pray this out loud. If you've already made a decision for guys, we're just going to join together in prayer. We're just going to say yes to Jesus collectively as a group. So would you just repeat after me? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I love you. I choose to give up my life and follow you with everything in my heart. Let go, and I give you control. You are good, and I receive your love for me in this moment, and I choose to follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's awesome. If I could just invite my prayer team to come up on either side here. Listen, if you need prayer for anything, we want to pray with you. We're going to close in worship. We're going to take some time to just respond to Jesus. And if you want prayer for something, it could be anything at all. It could be something completely unrelated. It could be about a job interview you have or about a child that is going through something or a sick family member. Whatever it is, we just want to pray with you guys. So we're going to take a moment. We're going to respond in worship.
if you want prayer, we would love to stand with you in prayer. Would you just stand with me right now? And we're going to respond with a song of worship. And again, if you need prayer, then just come up to the front. Let's worship.
thank you, Father, that you are great and you are able to carry what we can't, Father. Even us, Lord, that you carry us. Oh, God, when we don't have strength to stand, God, that you carry us, your kids. Lord, you love us so well. God, we give you all the glory and all the praise for everything that you've done and will continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Well, hey, if you are new to the church, even over the last few months, um, or you're new even here today, we're going to have a little welcome reception in the back here, um, and we want to meet you, want to chat with you, and share a little bit about the church, and so uh, feel free, um, take, take your time, make your way over there. If you need to grab your kids, understand you can grab your kids, and then we would love to meet you over here at the back of the auditorium. Love you guys. Thank you guys. Woohoo! We did it. One church. <laughs>